0: Hello new and seasoned listeners. I'm Karen. This is the Woman Inspired Podcast and I'm happy to be here with you. I really am. Uh, It's been kind of a sketchy patchy time the last six weeks due to me having some sinus and cough issues. So I've sounded a little gravelly, still not perfectly 100% but I am feeling compelled to go ahead and record and share with you what God has put on my heart for this week's episode. All right, so if you want more information about this podcast, you can go out to womaninspired.com. There's all the details out there about Woman Inspired, my social media links, the podcast books, all the good things. That's womaninspired.com. But first, let's jump into today's pod quotes for this episode. All right. And the first one is from Sunday at She says, we should not only attend church, but must have a ministry in the church as well. And Martin Luther gave us a stark, serious warning when he said, where God built a church, there the devil could also build a chapel. Oh, that's I had not heard that before until this topic came up and I was really researching some things. I love that. Uh, I don't love that it's true, (laughs) but it is true. Where God built a church, there the devil could also build a chapel. And if you're like any normal, average, everyday human being, you have probably seen this come to fruition, unfortunately. And of course, one of my favorite quotes Going to church no more makes you a Christian than standing in a garage makes you a car. I believe that can be originally attributed to Billy Sunday, but a lot of people have quoted over the years, so you can see it attributed to many different people. So today's episode is titled, Church is Hard. And what sparked me to talk about church and uh, the church body and why things are so difficult is because I came across a poem titled, church is hard. And boy, don't I know it. Do you? I mean, do you know that to be true? The reason so many people don't want to attend church is because it's hard. It's like any other aspect of life, though. Really, when you think about it, it's hard. It's hard to make relationships. It's hard to make friends. It's hard to walk into a church and feel like you're genuinely going to be able to just be who you are and not feel judged. So it can be uncomfortable. And it's no different in the church than it is out of the church. Truthfully, that's life, is it not? Sadly, it should be different in the church, but most of the time it's not. And unfortunately, this is what people's average experience is, is that it's hard. Well, this there's reasons that it's hard. That's one reason it's it's hard is because we we expect church to be different than the outside world, right? We do. And oftentimes, it's not. And so it makes church hard. There are a lot of reasons why church can be hard though, and I'm going to share that poem with you in a second, which is really wonderful. The author did a fantastic job, but it really got my brain to thinking, why is church so hard? Besides the fact that we... Have church held up in our minds as a pet- on a pedestal as to something that should be far better and greater and more wonderful than anything going on and in- going on in the outside world, which is true it should be, but oftentimes it's not. so why is being in a congregation with other people who are supposed to be in the body of Christ and be one body together and act christlike so difficult at times, and you know it's not always hard, it's not always hard. But we're humans and a lot of times we focus on the difficult things instead of the beautiful things or the things that work out because there are wonderful times in church as well. But it seems as if the world focuses, especially in today's culture, mainly on the hard times of just about any aspect in life, and especially something having to do with religion. So much of society has lost its ability to see the sunshine and dance in the rain. All they see are the dark clouds and the storms. Society has lost its ability to embrace the good times and instead just brace themselves for the next hard thing that comes along. It's really sad, but i that's what I see. Is that what you see going on? You know, I think first and foremost, though, when it comes to church, the answer to why church is hard, no matter the various aspects of it, or what's in the poem that I'm getting ready to read to you in a few minutes, is is that we're just, we're human. That's the answer, plain and simple. We all have these expectations of church, of what we've heard about church, of what the, the Bible says church is supposed to be, of what we see in TVs and movies or online that's polished and looking a certain way. But churches are simply made up of fallible far from perfect and easily offended emotional human beings. I'm one of them, I should know, and I've not just been in church for many years in and in, in various types of churches. I have worked in churches for over twenty years. I have also spoken at or visited almost every denomination there is within the Christian faith and some outside the Christian faith, so that I could speak with some sense of authority or reason or understanding about religion and, and understand where they're coming from and be better able to minister to people from other faiths and other walks of life. When I was younger, I wanted to know more about other religions as well. It interests me and it still does. I often watch documentaries about other religions because I want to understand where their thoughts are and why people are drawn to those religions And where the darkness is or where the untruth is, so that I can shine the light on it if I ever get the opportunity to minister to someone who is not a Christian. And some of them are what I would consider wholly based in darkness, some of these religions, and stem from lies, pure lies. And some of them are actual cults. It's just the fact that's the way it is. But some people are drawn to that darkness and drug into these cults because they are so easily offended by the Christian religion and everything that the Christian Christian religion embraces and everything about the Bible. It just repels them because they do, they don't want to follow rules. They don't want to, or they say they don't, but yet they're drawn in by a cult-like atmosphere. Because a cult-like atmosphere is so opposite of most standard churches. A cult-like atmosphere makes you feel like you are one of the group no matter what. And they slowly bend your mind to accept their rules, which are far more strict than most, just most average everyday Christian churches. You know, and some people are offended by a righteous God. And even the notion of Jesus Christ can offend some people because they don't like what's in the Bible because they don't want anyone telling them how to live their life. Honestly, I believe when people don't agree with the Bible and what God says about life and about death and about truth, it's typically out of plain ignorance, not knowing, and sometimes just out of fear. But I got sidetracked there because really what I was talking about and want to talk about is people who are just plain offended by the religion of Christianity and by religious institutions and by churches, by what culture calls organized religion. People are offended by others who say they're Christian, but do not act like what the word of God says they should act like. In other words, people get offended and hurt by hypocrites And it turns them away from church. People are offended by people who act like people themselves. Yeah, because we all have the ability to be hypocritical. So many people are easily offended. I used to be one of those people. Yeah, I did. When I was first attending church regularly when I was younger, I think I was shocked when I saw people acting like people. I had in my head some notion that people who attended churches were somehow a step closer to perfection. But the Bible refers to churches as hospitals, a place for those people who are sick and in need of help to go and get that help. In the book of Matthew, Jesus was eating at Matthew's house and the Pharisees questioned why in the world Jesus would eat with the tax collectors and sinners. And in 9 verse 12, it says, on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So, but oftentimes we go into a church thinking it's going to just be filled with what we consider saints, saintly people, people who walk around with a halo over their head or something. And then we're so crushed and disappointed when that's not the truth. I think most churches fulfill this notion. They're filled with sinners, people who are spiritually sick and lacking, and with people who are hurting, many who were really once broken and then healed or in the process of being healed, who should understand what it's like and be able to help other people through their own brokenness as God leads them to. This is one of the reasons why church is so hard. Because going to a hospital isn't fun, is it? Uh, Being amongst the weak, the sick, the hurting, the sinners, even though we all fit into that category on some level or another, it isn't easy. I I believe from my own personal experiences that another reason church is so hard is because of communication. Be it lack of communication, miscommunication, no desire to communicate, uh, and believing that that people don't need to share their thoughts and feelings because they're so guarded. Um, they're they're guarded from other people, so it creates a barrier. It creates a lack of communication. They think other people should be able to just look at them and know what they need and be able to minister to them. It doesn't work that way. And of course, then there are language differences. And I I'm not talking about oh I speak English and you speak German and I don't know how to speak German, so we can't communicate well. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. The kind of language um, where you can be in a room with 50 people who all speak English, yet you communicate differently according to how you were raised, what your cultural terminology is, what slang words you have, how much money you have, um, what part of the city you lived in, what part of the country you you lived in. you know, how, how little money you have, your body language, how you dress, all of these things communicate something and they can create a communication barrier. The way you speak, your accent, the cultural terms and language, like I said, like slang, all of that can create a barrier. And now I know most of us have heard of the five love languages. Well, I would like to see somebody do a study on how many church languages there are because There's probably more than five and with everybody coming to a church who has been raised maybe in a different faith, they use different terms for the same thing. So it's really interesting how it can create a barrier, a language barrier that creates more communication problems and it makes church hard. Most churches break down um, because of one of these types of communication issues I think it's no different in the family of God at church than it is in a family at home. We go into church most of the time with the right heart and mindset and wanting to worship, to serve, to give, to hear a message that our soul needs. But so many t- times people go to a church because they're seeking some kind of validation as well. They want a bonding experience, but they want to be with like-minded people that they can worship with and serve with and be supported by you know, a family type experience. That's what we have in our heads. That's what we're told, right? Oh, come join our family. This is the family of God. I'm going to go be with my church family. Well, let me tell you the straight up truth. In case you've never heard a a, a quote unquote religious or church person say it before, that perfect family type experience is not going to happen because none of us is perfect. A church that we're expecting to be perfect is filled with imperfect people. So many people complain about churches being dysfunctional, but look around. Almost all families are dysfunctional in some way or another. We function on our own levels, but as far as functioning well and smoothly together, most of the time it just doesn't happen in any family, including a church family, including my own family but we tend to put a church body on some pedestal as if there shouldn't be any bumps or bruises or miscommunications and no dysfunction and no fallible parts to it whatsoever. And God forbid someone on the staff of the church, whether it's the janitor or the person over missions or the outreach pastor makes a mistake. Oh my goodness. I guarantee you there'll be at least 20 phone calls in a line of people on Sunday morning, making sure that that person knows they've done something wrong. There's, very little grace shown in many churches. We don't do that in our own families at home. Wait till a family gets together and everybody line up so they can tell somebody what they did wrong. And if you do, I'm I'm so sorry. That's why a lot of families break apart. And we don't do that at work either. Right. Into to our work family, our work group. But for some reason, people think that it's okay to do it at church. Yes, you have people in your family at home and even in your workplace, I'm sure, who are more than happy to point out when you've done something wrong or something you've said is not what they think it should be or it's been perceived as incorrect, but not like in a church family. And that's another reason why it makes church so hard. Some churches are hard to attend, though, because there's a great division between the staff and the congregation. The staff deems themselves as greater Smarter, better than anyone in the congregation, and it creates a wall and a barrier there that is extremely hard to get over. It's a barrier that is oftentimes not broken down until the church breaks apart. Some congregations see themselves as the boss of all the staff members, and the staff members, oh, they better do what they say or they're going to get upset at them and they're going to fire them or put them through heck. Rather than seeing their staff and their pastorals as people who were just called to be in the positions they're in, they're human beings and they're doing the very best that they can. And that makes church hard too. So what is this poem I was talking about? You might've read it before, you might've seen it circulated online. I don't know, but it's by Jacob Waldron and here goes. Church is hard. Church is hard for the person walking through the doors, afraid of judgment. Church is hard for the pastor's family, under the microscope of an entire body. Church is hard for the prodigal soul returning home, broken and battered by the world. Church is hard for the girl who looks like she has it all together, but doesn't. Church is hard for the couple who fought the entire ride to the service. Church is hard for the single mom surrounded by couples holding hands and seemingly perfect families. Church is hard for the widow and widower with no invitation to lunch after the service. Church is hard for the deacon with an estranged child. Church is hard for the person singing worship songs overwhelmed by the weight of the lyrics. Church is hard for the man insecure in his role as a leader. Church is hard for the wife who longs to be led by a righteous man. Church is hard for the nursery volunteer who desperately longs for a baby to love. Church is hard for the single woman and single man praying God brings them a mate. Church is hard for the teenage girl wearing a scarlet letter, ashamed of her mistakes. Church is hard for the sinners. Church is hard for me. It's hard because on the outside it looks shiny and perfect. Sunday best in behavior and in dress. However, underneath those layers you find a body of imperfect people, carnal souls, and selfish motives. But here is the beauty of church. Church is in a building... Mentality or expectation. Church is a body. Church is a group of sinners saved by grace, living in fellowship as saints. Church is a body of believers bound as brothers and sisters by an eternal love. Church is a holy ground where sinners stand as equals before the throne of grace. Church is a refuge for broken hearts and a training ground for mighty warriors. Church is a converging of confrontation and invitation where sin is confronted and hearts are invited to seek restoration. Church is a lesson in faith and trust. Church is a barrier of burdens and a giver of hope. Church is a family, a family coming together, setting aside differences, forgetting past mistakes, rejoicing in the smallest of victories. Church, the body and the circle of sinners turned saints, is where he resides. And if we ask, he is faithful to come. So even on the hard days at church, I'll remember he has never failed to meet me there. Absolutely love that. I, I don't think I could have even come close to saying it as well as he did. And this last part of this poem states, it states it well, church is a family. And it is one that's supposed to come together, set aside differences, forget the past, and remember who we all are in the family of God, even on the days that are hard. Because God never fails to meet us at church. And yes, before you get itchy fingers to put in the comments that God will meet us anywhere we are, it's true. He will. He definitely will. But the fact that there are approximately 350,000 plus Christian churches in the United States tells me that people are craving being a part of a congregation with other people who love God. So what does the Bible say a church should be? How can we work within our own churches or or join a church and make sure that we stay on track according to what the Lord wants us to do so church isn't so hard? The answer is in the book of Acts because of course the Bible has something to say about how a church should function and, and about how a healthy church should be and oftentimes you'll hear churches do a series about being a book of Acts church but what does that mean? to answer that. And I'm just going to touch on a couple things in Acts. I encourage you to read it, um, to, to answer that for yourselves, but I'm going to look at a couple verses in the book of acts acts 2 46 47 says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people and the lord added to their number number daily those who were being saved their worship led them to joy they came together as a family in god meeting in the temple courts but but also congregating together in homes They were praising God and he added to their numbers daily. That tells us that a church should be worshipful. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I see people in church every week who look like they're there to attend a funeral. No smile, stone face, no joy, and very little worship going on. They're distracted by their phones, they're fiddling with things in their seat, and they're not participating. That saddens me. But when that happens, I encourage you to pray for them. And if that's happening to you, I encourage you during the worship to start praying, just pray. You have no idea what's going on in the minds of the people around you, but most of the time it's not them focusing on you or judging you. They're in the middle of their own stuff. I mean, I can look around and see people and I feel sad. I feel sad at how uh, unmotivated, how unmoved they seem in the middle of worship. So I pray for them, but I encourage you to do that, to pray because we don't know what's going on in someone else's life either. And this scripture though, it indicates that the way they worshiped and how they walked out their faith together as a church family drew other people in. It was attractive to people who didn't believe because they were growing every single day. And people outside can see, they hear how church is going. They see how other people's churches are. And I think, yeah, that is one of the key reasons even today that people visit a church because the church looks attractive to them. It has the programs they want. They see joy on people's faces. They hear people who go to church there talk so positively about the church. Is your church attractive to other people? And I don't mean does everyone have straight white teeth, coiffed hair, and, and wear designer clothing. I'm not talking about that. So many statistics and polls over the past 20 years state that one of the biggest deterrents when it comes to sharing our faith with other people is the way we live. We're afraid that our actions look different than our words, and we don't want to represent Jesus in that way because we want to represent him the way he should be represented. So think about it. How are you representing Jesus in the day in and the day out in your actions, your words, your social media use, whatever it is, is it representing Jesus as it should? And is it representing your church and church family in a way that seems attractive to other people? Or are you a church complainer, constantly complaining about how things need to get better and about your religion and about your doctrine, and yet you've gone to the same church for 20 years, but none of your friends or co-workers can figure out why, because they'd never go to where you go to church because all you do is complain about it. It's just a thought. I mean, it might not apply to you, but we all know people it does apply to. We have to remember that Jesus is the one who will grow the church, but those of us who attend it are the ones that make up the church family. We are the ones who can make the hard parts less difficult and the hurtful places not so sharp. No church will get it perfectly or just right 100% of the time because it's made up of us, imperfect human beings. But it will will it will still be held accountable. The people in it will be held accountable. We will be held accountable and have to answer to God and how we dealt with things in and out of the church. I have, for myself, I have not always dealt with church matters in the right way. It took years of trial and error and learning about people and how to manage problems and manage my own feelings well to get beyond what I consider uh, my own self-righteousness, a self-righteous way Um that's what I had an opinion of how I thought church should be and how people in church should be. But some things cannot be done swiftly. It took time for me to learn that. And none of us is, is righteous like Jesus is righteous. And as I got older, I see where we have to make room for new ideas, new people, inexperienced folks and seasoned folks in church. There's a place for everyone. But when you have things stuck in your head about how they should be a certain way and then they're not, and you try to push, (coughs) push and push to get them your way, that makes church hard. And it happens in church every day by people who attend the church, by people who are members of the church, new people, people who've been there for years and staff members. Acts two forty four through 45 says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Wow. Can you even imagine in today's world, all the believers had learned to work together. They shared what they had to meet the needs of each other and they sacrificed when they needed to. In being together often, you can well imagine that they grew to have more and more in common. And when people are together more and more and they have more in common, they tend to communicate better. They tend to feel for each other more, to be more compassionate with each other. Even if they don't love, love, love each other's personalities, they still find a kinship and a bond. They tend to each other's needs better. And one of the main reasons I believe church is hard is because of our lack of good communication, as I said earlier, and our over-the-top expectancy that others should be better and more perfect and infallible. And when they fail us, it hurts. We become offended, but we also get rubbed raw when it happens over and over and over again. And we don't address it. Oh, We don't want to make waves, so we don't address it. So we just allow people to pummel us over and over again. And it becomes harder and harder to forgive And our emotional wounds get bigger and they become calloused. So we stop communicating in any way. But when we get to know each other and we live our lives more closely knit together as a congregation, not always in agreement, let me just say that, not always in agreement with each other, but in respect of each other, then so many of these communication issues dissolve and church becomes easier. This is what is described in the book of Acts. This is why churches have exponential growth for a while. They work on these principles. And then when it starts to lag off or the the church becomes so large, it becomes hard to make people feel like a family. Some churches stop what worked and try to just manage the people like cattle. And then the churches fall apart. And you will see it time and again. Mega churches that sustain the same members for years and then they fall apart. However, there are mega churches, large churches, big churches that don't fall apart. And these are the churches that don't just do Sunday morning worship well. They do life well together. They have small groups that act as micro churches under the same umbrella of one church. And this very principle in Acts is one reason why many people stop going to larger churches and opt for smaller ones. They feel the communication is better, the attention is well put, the compassion is there, and and they feel more comfortable in that smaller atmosphere. And so even if the church numbers are not growing, the spiritual lives and spiritual intelligence of the people inside the church grows, and that's growth, and that's what Acts talks about. But you know, there are churches that are really large churches that have done it well and sustained the test of time, where they create these little micro churches inside their big church, where these groups, they become little communities together and depend on each other. And yet, all these little communities come together on Sunday and on big events together as one as well. Those are the churches that are acting like a Book of Acts church. So yes, church is hard, but it can become easier. And there are many churches to choose from. But when it comes down to it, what matters is worshiping God, Learning about his word, serving the Lord, and sharing all of that with other people. And that can be done as it is done in many countries across the globe through a home church or a small group of people who meet regularly. That's basically what it is because where two or more are gathered in his name, right? In China, house churches, which are usually 25 people or less, are the norm, but they're also illegal. And if they grow to too big, the government imprisons many of the people involved in those Christian churches. In countries like Turkey, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, Christians meet in secret in home churches. To them, church is only known as home church. It's only known via a small group like in the book of Acts. So please take heart be courageous. If a church with 100 people or 300 or 1000 isn't for you, then don't give up on church. Don't give up on congregating with fellow believers. I encourage you to find a group, create one if you have to, or go to a large church and plug into a small group within that large church that can become your church family. A group of like-minded Christians to talk with, to grow with, to learn from, to teach, to serve with, and to just to do life with. You don't have to, to love their, all their personalities. You can love them. And be with people whom you can encourage and be encouraged by. And worship with. Sure, it may sound like a little baby step to some people to just join a small group, but it's a major step to many people. And that's the way the body of Christ will grow as individuals who love Jesus and as the church, because we'll be reaching out one small group to, to one person and then that person to another person and that person to another person. That's how the body of Christ expands. And yes, even a small group church can be hard but we have a guidebook to make it easier. We just have to be open enough and courageous enough to follow it and not waver. First Corinthians 16, 13 says, well, first of all, I want to say it's become one of my favorite scriptures this last year. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. And yes, because church is hard we have to lean on First Corinthians 16, 13 to stand firm in our faith, no matter what church people and religions and denominations do. We were called to congregate. We were called to support each other. We can do it. You just have to find the right format and the right um, layout of church that fits you. And I know that God will call you where you're meant to be. I hope you'll listen. I hope you'll be open to his call and stand firm in your faith and be courageous and be strong and step out into wherever it is that he wants you to step out into. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Woman Inspired Podcast. I hope you have a blessed week.